he came to be betrayed, the gentle kiss of compromise. Devotion written by Greg Morse, used with permission from DesiringGod.org. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his hill against me. Psalm 41.9 Both would die on trees that day. One hung on a cross, the other swung from a branch. The friendship, by all appearances, spanned over three years. They ate together, laughed together, proclaimed the kingdom together, cast out demons together, and battled Pharisees together. Heaven's king, stooping from his throne, invited the man into his inner twelve. Night and day this man fellowshiped with his creator. And both died on trees that day. Both were cursed of God. Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Galatians 3.13 One betrayed, the other betrayer. The infamous scheme included a familiar face. The lyric of duplicity found in Psalm 41 had to be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. The unruly animal would kick out his teacher, his benefactor, his lord, while still bearing crumbs from the king's banquet in his beard. Still embittered that Mary had lavished expensive oil on Jesus' feet, he went to Jesus' enemies and sold him for a slave's price, 30 pieces of silver, as had been foretold. The next evening, as he knew the viper would finally strike, Jesus was troubled in his spirit as he told them one final time, one of you will betray me. The psalmist captures his angst. It is not an enemy who taunts me. That I could bear. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. Psalm 55, 12 through 13. We may bear the roaring indignation of an enemy, but the quiet hatred of a false friend, that cuts deep. The companion's dagger reaches the soul, and such flatterers know best where to strike. He knew where Jesus would be that night. Follow me, I shall lead you to him. The Father calls the angels of heaven to be appalled, shocked, undone at the sight. Jesus said it would have been better for that man if he had not been born. His is the name that became heaven's curse, Judas Iscariot. The table was set for his last meal. The night of treachery had arrived. Jesus, having loved them with a the perfect love, now loved them to the end. He rose knowing death would take him back to his father. He wrapped a towel around his waist and bent low to wash his disciples' feet. The filthy deed was performed with clean feet. Jesus was no hypocrite. I say to you who here love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Had he known all along? He did. Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? That night he said that not all will be cleansed of sin, for I know whom I have chosen. His final prediction 
served a purpose to affirm even now, especially now, that he was the divine I am, the son of him who authored even this, the darkest chapter. Jesus was not outmaneuvered by a quivering Judas, a man whose frail resolve needed a prompt from his victim to finally hatch his evil scheme. He came to be betrayed. The face of the invisible God gave his cheek to the serpent's kiss. After he gave voice to his troubled spirit about the betrayal, John gives us his unsettling response in John 13:22. The disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke. They met each other's eyes. How could the culprit sit amongst them? Instead of wondering who is the greatest, they finally reckoned with the fact that a devil had eaten, slept, and ministered amongst them. No one scowled at Judas and whispered under their breaths, no one grabbed for his sword to cut off his ear. Instead, they asked Jesus one by one, Is it I? Each of them saw as much darkness in himself as he saw in Judas. He seemed a devout, well-polished young man. He too left all to follow Jesus. He too performed signs and wonders. He too gained the trust of the other disciples. He too heard the preaching, saw the miracles, and did not depart when things got tough. He would have secured most respect when he feigned great care for the poor. He was gifted in business and they entrusted him with the finances. This child of darkness shrouded himself in light. Did Judas know he was a devil? He knew he stole, but then again, what was a coin here or there? He wasn't hurting anyone, he thought. Although unique in the punctuation that ended his life of sin, his life nonetheless is a familiar path to perdition. The way of Judas was the way of compromise. And we too show ourselves devils when we live in a secret sin. For whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Do you walk the path of Judas? Let his swaying body remind you where the great promises of sin and Satan lead. But two men die on trees that day. Behold the glory of this second man who laid down his life for his friends. He conspired with his father to undertake punishment as a Judas to save men of Judas's stock. See him willingly betrayed forsaken, oppressed, writhing under his God's wrath to redeem a cursed people from eternal judgment. See him embrace the traitor's heel to heal traitors. What will we do with 30 or 30,000 pieces of silver if we lose him? Reject any and every such offer. Eternal life is to know the Father and his Son whose name has become the fragrance of heaven, Jesus Christ. Our treason was his agony, so that his glory would become our treasure.